0: Spread love, dum, dum, dum. spread love, okay, you all. Um, can you hear me okay? Yep. Yes. Great. Um. Hello everyone out there listening to POV Podcast with Kristen Gilmore. Thank you for checking us out tonight. Tonight I have two amazing guests with me. I have... Chris. Chris, remind me of your last name, because I don't believe I know it.
1: Oh, that's all right. It's Russell. Chris Russell.
0: Chris Russell and Megan O'Russell. Wait, are you two married? Yes, we are. You all, okay, now you're going to believe me more than ever when I tell you that these are people that I don't actually know. (laughs) (laughs) Chris and Megan were recommended to me um, by a friend, and as I told you prior, uh, this is how my podcast goes, so... I literally interview people who people that I trust or know think are or find interesting and fascinating. Chris and Megan happen to be two interesting and fascinating people that we are both going to get to know tonight through conversation. So POV with Kristen Gilmore, what is this about? My ultimate goal in having this podcast is for people to give each other a little more grace for us all to have an understanding of someone's backstory and how they came to be through life experiences what made us or them who they are you know the first podcast was me so i gave you a little bit about me don't expect to get anyone's whole life story in 10 to 15 minutes um you didn't even get mine in 35 but what you will get is a little piece of the journey and I always want us to, at the end of the day, respect someone's point of view, even if we don't agree with it for ourselves, or at least walk away feeling like you received something. So with that being said, and let's start out tonight. Now you know we have Chris and Megan O'Russell. I want to tell you a little bit about them. This is all that I know. Um, Megan is an author. Uh, and she's also, if I'm not mistaken, in the arts in, other ra- in another realm, and so is Chris, and if you could please give me like a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself, please.
2: Uh, sure, so I am an author. I write young adult books, They so books that may not be only read by teenagers. Most of my readers are actually women in their 30s, um, but they have teenage protagonists. I am also a musical theater performer, so I've spent the last 14 years job hopping hopping. so um, yeah that's been great and I think one of the nicest parts about it is that uh, I have gotten to job hop with my husband Chris so that has been pretty amazing. Uh,
1: And I am first and foremost an actor and also supporter of my amazing wife uh, and her novels Um, and I am also a composer.
0: Oh that's wonderful way to go artists. Um, I have a special place in my heart for people who tell a story and be it your own, or if you get the privilege to tell someone else's. So kudos from me specifically. Um, I have great respect for your craft. You're welcome. Um, So tell me if you could, just to start out, um, tell me one of the fondest memories of your childhood.
2: You go first so I can think.
1: Um, the very first thing that came to mind was, uh, one time my dad woke me up when I was very young and uh, said, come on, we're gonna, we're gonna go for a drive. And we went for a drive. We lived in the country, uh, backwoods, Tennessee, and, uh, he stopped just in the middle of the road because, you know, one of the perks of living in the country, uh, and we got out and laid down on the, uh, hood of the car, basically on the, on the front and watched shooting stars. And it was just lovely.
0: Wow. How old were you, Chris?
1: Oh, man. I must have been, like, I would say six or seven.
0: Wow. What a great memory. And you said from the outskirts, of, or for, you're from Tennessee. What part of Tennessee?
1: Up uh, from Jackson, Tennessee.
0: Nice. I know Jackson, Tennessee. <laughs> I know Jackson, Tennessee. That's very um, rural, southern.
1: Yes, and, and the, uh, that particular memory actually comes from a little north of Jackson by about 20 minutes in a town called Beach Bluff.
0: Wow. I've never heard of Beach Bluff. Does it make the map?
1: No, no, it does not.
0: <laughs> my town doesn't make the map either. It's mine. <laughs> Megan, what about you?
2: Um, I think it would be, I don't, I don't know how old I was, somewhere between four and seven would be my best guess. Um and my sister and i snuck down early for christmas morning and there were like lots of presents and things but my parents had gotten us each like a giant it was probably only 2 yards long but to me at that age it was giant strip of lame so like i had a strip of gold lame and my sister had like silver And we neglected all of the other presents because we were playing dress up with these like two yards of LeMay fabric for all (laughs) of Christmas. And they were like the only things we played with. I think we added like pink and blue LeMay at some point during the year too, once the other one started to get frayed. But yeah, we thought it was the best present ever. And it was just two yards of unfinished fabric.
0: Wow. And Megan, where are you from?
2: Um, I am from a, another tiny town, but in upstate New York, I am from Minerville, New York, which doesn't even make the state map. So tiny, tiny.
0: Wow. Have you each been to each other's like homes from where you came from, where you grew up? Yes. Are there any similarities?
1: Um uh, from where I am from originally, I only spent the first nine years of my life in Beach Bluff, but Beach Bluff and Mineville are, I think, pretty...
2: Mineville's sick. more populated my, than Mineville's, Beach Bluff. Yes,
1: Mineville's more populated. We
2: have a church and a fire department. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We had a tiny little gas station where I used to go get penny candy. That was... Okay, we and, didn't
2: have a gas station, though. No, that we did not but have. It, that,
1: that makes me sound like I grew up in like the 50s. Yeah, I used to go down and get penny candy. <laughs> yeah I don't
2: know the, the the surrounding area, like the the nearest city, mm-hmm. those were pretty similar. They're both
1: agricultural. Yeah. yeah okay.
0: And you know what's so interesting to me is how um, the South, Tennessee, you know it's very much so a southern state. It's very much still, still rooted in um, I would say old time history, but not as far back as Mississippi, I hope. Um, and New York, you think when you think of New York in a broad scope, uh, very progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say Megan, that your town that you're from was a progressive town?
2: <laughs> no. Um, the, the little community that I'm from is, was not progressive at all. Um, my family was, but we were outsiders. Most of, we moved into that. It's not even a village. It's a hamlet. It's not big enough to be a village. Um, we moved in when I was about a year old. So they always considered us outsiders. And it took me till I was about nine or 10 to be like, I don't want to be one of you anyway. Um, mm. But the fact that like my parents were college educated, they thought made us snobby and like things like that, where they, you are born in the same hamlet where your grandparents were born and you will be buried in the cemetery and they don't need anything else. So there is not anything progressive there. Um I was lucky because my parents sort of realized it was an issue. And so I was constantly taken about 25 minutes away for dance lessons, for being in plays, for doing all that. So where my home was, was not progressive, where I spent my waking hours was.
0: Mm. And and what about you, Chris? I don't want to assume something from my own Tennessee experience. (laughs) Tell me about yourself
1: yeah i also grew up in a a pretty progressive family not as progressive as megan's uh and actually some of that i didn't even realize until i got much older (laughs) (laughs) how how uh, not like not conservative but not progressive some of uh, the things my family believed was
0: understand okay so when it came to when it came to realizing that the way you grew up where you came from wasn't very progressive what about that experience let you know that you were an outsider Megan or let you know that huh this is different from what my parents have shown me to be and what and in saying that I don't want to make an assumption about what progressive means what does progressive mean to you or what was your experience
2: I mean for me it was just the fact that my family didn't go to the town church was you know we were evil Mm. um the the fact that when I said, you know, oh, I'm going to take dance classes, the the assumption was, well, why is your teenage daughter being a stripper? Um, like those sorts of things where mm-hmm. they didn't, they just could not process anything outside the village. And it is a very white first Reformed Protestant village. And like, they, they banned the church organist because she was two timing them by playing at a Baptist church too. Like mm-hmm. what? Why? the woman needs money it's fine but it was those sorts of things where they just could not comprehend that there there is more to that and that went into the arts that went into the local politics that went into how they they viewed the you know non-white residents of the nearby city it was all just but they're not like us and they couldn't understand why not like us is fine and sometimes better
0: what about you chris what was your experience in that because i'm wondering like was there ever a moment in time where either one of you realized which i feel like we're getting to actually (laughs) either one of you realized like what color you were
1: i don't know that i can exactly pinpoint it but i like i was surrounded by only white people which i think is very similar to what megan was when we were growing up now i did go to i started school at a kindergarten through 12th grade school and i went there for four years um and there were people of different uh, ethnic backgrounds different races and um i kind of realized it i think very early um because my mom, and this is stuff that I didn't realize until later, like I was telling you earlier, um, would tell me these jokes that were blatantly racist jokes, but she would say before that, be like, well, we don't believe this way, but here's a joke. And I was like four years old listening to these horrendous racist jokes, and it didn't even occur to me until like this year that I was like, what, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, so so I knew that that being white was that that I was yeah that color.
0: Gotcha. And what about you, Megan? What's your story?
2: <laughs> so, I because my family was like very, they just didn't make a thing out of things. Like I didn't understand that being gay was like not something that everyone was just okay with till I was like thirteen. Like I just. I just thought that was how people were. I didn't Mm -hmm. know it was an issue. Mm -hmm. So in my, they would bus us from our tiny town to the nearest city. And there were only like 42 kids a grade and you would rotate who you were with, but you were with your same 42 the whole way through. And in our 42, there were a couple Puerto Rican kids and these two little black girls, they were twins. Mm -hmm. And it never occurred to me that that was a thing. Like I just, it's like a different hair color, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And both of the, the little black girls were Jehovah's witnesses. And I thought that that just went, you know, like, oh, if you're, if you're that color, then you're a Jehovah's witness. Okay. That's cool. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And they would have to leave the classroom every time we did birthday cupcakes. And I uh. thought, oh, well that kind of sucks, but whatever. So. It was one summer, I had a summer birthday, and my mom was like, okay, we're gonna do an outdoor party this year. Who do you wanna invite? And she's like going through the list, and she gets to the twins. And I was like, mom, they can't come to birthday parties. They're black. And my mother was furious. She was so mad at me, like, how dare you say such a hateful thing? And I was like, no, mom, black people can't do birthday parties. It's just how it goes. And it took her like 20 minutes to calm down enough to realize that I didn't understand the difference between being a Jehovah's witness and being black. And then she was like, okay, well, there's this thing called racism. and We don't do that. So you need to, you need to not say that. But in my head, it was just like, oh yeah, that's, that's just like, they don't do that. I don't know. But that's when I realized that like, the color of my skin and racism was a thing. But yeah, I was like nine or 10 and I had no idea that anyone ever thought like, oh, this is bad or this is a problem or whatever. I did not get it at all.
0: Oh my gosh. Can I tell you that I love this story? (laughs) I love this story because it's just that easy that we can totally not get something right? And, and it was just as basic as they can't do cupcakes because that was your experience, right? Yeah, they, your- they
2: always had to leave. They would go like out into the hall for 10 minutes while we sang happy birthday. And then their mother would always send them with like a non-birthday cookie treat so that they could still have something.
0: Mm, mm. This is so good to me. Oh my gosh. Um, thank you for sharing that. I want to share an experience with you about myself just because it's resonating for me. I grew up, Extremely Pentecostal, skirts to my ankles, and um, we didn't, we were so against, like, my parents were against pagan holidays, so we didn't get to celebrate Christmas. There were no Halloween costumes ever to be worn. So whenever uh, Christmas events or things like that came up at school, sometimes we would have to go outside the classroom. And so now looking back on it, I can only imagine what some of my classmates thought, and uh, didn't know, possibly, who weren't Pentecostal, who were just like, wow, they don't you know, celebrate Christmas. She can't be in here for this. Or Kristen can't even wear a silly little costume. But it meant something to my parents. When we wanted a Christmas tree, they would say, um, no, we're not going to get a Christmas tree unless you can have a Christmas tree all year round. And I was like, really? Never mind and even to this day in my household my husband is muslim and i'm christian chris, and we both like celebrate but we get a fake tree and we put it up and it means absolutely nothing but because we did not have that growing up that's why the tree is up there um and thank you for sharing that experience so chris speaking with you tell me when was the moment or did you have a moment when you were a child that stands out to you that related to the difference in race.
1: Uh, again it's it's just so tough for me to pinpoint because as you know being growing up in that area and and god i hope that you didn't have the experiences that i know some people had growing up with it's just it's it's just uh, pervasive like throughout everyday life you're constantly people are calling attention to it Um, and like my, my mother used to say stuff like, uh, this was when I was much older, but this is just the stuff that I heard all my life to give you an example. And, Mm -hmm. and again, this is something in reflecting, I'm estranged from my parents now. So it's given me time to reflect on things that happened that I'm like, oh, that's not okay. But my mom used to say when I was driving for the first time, she'd be like, well, you need to get home before dark because the darker it gets outside the mall, the darker it gets inside the mall. This is stuff I was told. And, and it was that stuff all the time. And that's, that is from my mother who claimed, well, you know, we're not racist. And, and it's like, well, how do you, h- how do you claim something like that? And then say something like that. And it's not something I, I didn't put two and two together for so long. Cause I'm just that blind because I, I mean, I am a uh, straight white cisgender male in this country and we have all of the privilege in the world. And, and it was very upsetting when I realized that. And I went, why, like, why would you do that? And how was I so blind to it?
0: Yeah. When did you, did you ever have a moment where you were like, oh, this isn't true. This isn't real. <laughs> you know, sometimes there's, it's that moment like your mom's like, no, you know, you have to make, or my mom, I, I won't say your mom, my mom w- would say things like, um, um, Kristen, you have to do this, this particular way. And that's the only way to do it. And then mm-hmm. I soon realized, no, that was the only way she knew how to do it.
1: Right. Well, uh, actually, yes. Um, I, when I was in eighth grade, I had a girlfriend, uh, who was half black, half Cherokee. Um, she was awesome. We had so much fun together. We would stay up. I think we one time logged a phone call that lasted for six hours. We started talking at nine at night and didn't get off the phone till three. Like we had a lot in common. She was really cool. And my mom was like, you need to break up with her because she's like, you know, she is lovely, but I just worry about what the two of you will go through if you stay together. And that at the time made absolute sense to me. But it's again, one of those things that looking back on it, I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that that was really the moment where I started kind of questioning, like, why, why does this I, I did say why. Well, I, I said that it made sense, but it it did because I had seen the way that other people who were in interracial relationships were treated. So, mm. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What part of your body makes you smile the most?
1: Hmm. Ooh.
2: Hmm. Oh. oh, this is a tough one. You go first. Don't look at me like that. You I, go first.
1: <laughs> I yeah. I'm just gonna say my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um and I yeah, do have pretty eyes. Uh, well, and a lot of that is because Megan tells me that she likes my eyes. <laughs> um, um, yeah.
2: I I don't know. I I mean it's weird because it's not like technically a part of my body, but I think my favorite thing on my body is probably my tattoo that I got for the when I released my first book. I think that's my favorite thing because yeah. it it is a visual reminder that. I have actually accomplished something in my life, so that's cool.
0: I think that's wonderful. And there's no right or wrong. It's whatever brings you your greatest joy. Um, uh, Which brings us to our last question. What about yourself brings you your greatest joy?
1: Oh, man.
2: Do you want me to go first this time? Yeah, please. I, much to the chagrin of everyone I know, I think (laughs) my, the thing about me that brings me the most joy is that I am almost insanely determined. Like you, Mm. you will not deter me. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes that's not the best idea and it comes back to bite you, but I, I am, I'm glad that I know that of myself, that I am not going to pack it in. So if I finally say like, okay, this is at the end that I can trust in myself. Like everything humanly possible was done to accomplish this. There was no, Oh, we could have tried something else. And so I think that's my favorite thing about myself that I can count on that. I will try every road, every Google rabbit hole, every everything to get to where I want to be. And so I have that faith in my determination.
1: Um, I guess mine would have to be um, especially lately, my openness and willingness uh, to engage in new experiences and also to change my mind when presented with new information. Uh, that That is something that has come in very handy. <laughs> Um, It's led me to some amazing uh, adventures, uh, like the more physical ones, like traveling to Thailand with Megan uh, and just all of our world travels, but also into trying to understand uh, where people are coming from when I have no base to really be empathetic, to try to be as empathetic and as sympathetic as I can be.
0: Wow. May I say, I mean, I'm clapping. (laughs) i'm clapping i'm clapping for you megan i'm clapping for you chris and i'm just saying thank you so much thank you for tonight thank you for this gift into who you are um everyone i can't wait for you to please check out my social media um go to my instagram Kristen gilmore go to my uh pov with Kristen gilmore Facebook, I'll put everything up. I want you to check out Megan's amazing work. I want you to check out Chris's uh, website. These are talented people who at their core just shared who they are with you. And my hope is that from listening to their stories, you realize that we're more the same than we could ever be different. And you also take away parts of who they are that make you look inside and see what you can change see what motivates you to be your best self and more than anything else just respect anything respect it even if you don't agree thank you chris thank you megan for joining me tonight
1: thank, thank you. you for
2: having us
0: absolutely